Welcome back to More About God podcast. It's good to be back today. We're doing the series, back into the series, I should say, on Bible stories, going through the Bible stories. Every chapter, well, not every chapter, but every Bible story from the greatest Bible stories like David and Goliath to the very, very not so well known Bible stories like David's Mighty Men. That's a good Bible story, talking about them. Oh, yeah. But we're going to go through them. Before this, though, we have a couple announcements to make. First, I am glad to be back in Indiana with Luke here. I've been traveling, as you guys know. I'm also, we're going to be starting next week a series, series on books, like biblical books that we have read, that we've liked. And the first book we're going to do is Victory by Jim Shetler. And it's an amazing book. It's very small, very short, but very good and to the point. And then The Prayer Life of Jesus by Howard Luke. What's that second word? Foggen? Foggen. Sounds maybe a little German. That's okay. And the third book, and we're going to do more books, but these are the first three that we have with us and that we want to do. Life's About Relationship by Don Woodard. And that's mm. going to be a good book. I'm excited about all of these. And um, yes, I know this, this podcast, podcast came out on a Thursday. And the book series are going to come out on Tuesdays. And then our main podcast is still on Fridays. We're just adding. So we're not. don't worry to all those who are like, oh, no, I'm going to have to wait till I get my book series out. I'm going to have to wait to get my pride because I was enjoying my stuff on pride. No, it's all coming out at the same time, which feels crazy, but <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Luke, you had something to say? Yeah, also, if you guys, if anyone wants one of these books, we could... Um... Find a way to get them to you. Yeah, we so, so I think which one is? Can you look up online or whatever? I know on Amazon you can find Doctor Don Woodard's Life About Relationships and some of his books on there. A man I actually work very close, work very close with, and he's a very wise man. He knows a lot about this stuff, and I definitely would read his book. And I'm, since I'm going to be at summer camp, I can get some more of these victory books from <laughs> Jim Shetler because I know he's going to be there for yes. leadership camp. So. Absolutely. And um, also, I mean, you can probably find some of these books online and yeah. stuff like that. And if you can't, we will see what we can do. We will. But let's not delay. Let us get into this because I'm excited because today, today, my friends, we are talking about the fall of man. The fall of man off a cliff. The reason I have to do a podcast on the Bible, honestly, if you really think about it, because then we can just be talking with God and we don't be perfect. So yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, Luke, I think prayer, prayer needs to start this whole little thing off. Yes, it does. I agree with that. Let's do it. Dear God, thank you for today, Lord, and um, thank you that we get to do this podcast together, God. Um, pray you know, just uh Help us as we read through this um, story about the fall, Lord, that we'll be able to um, talk freely, Lord, and um, pray that you just give us the words to say. Help us to not try to say um, more than we have to, and help us to be right to the point, God, and um, pray that this will speak to someone out there, Lord, and um, pray to speak to me, God, and I pray all this in your name, amen. Amen. Now... Real quick, if you wonder why we always pray before podcasts, because I'm a firm believer that prayer should lead everything that we do. We should pray, then go. And that, I feel like, is a good way to go through life. Now, let's begin. Luke, why don't you start us off? Okay. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, 
hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So we see God, uh, the devil, he, gets in, he, comes, he becomes into a serpent. And now he is trying to deceive Eve into eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And the way he does it is by when his first step here, I think Luke was, I think me and Luke were talking about this beforehand, and he pointed this out. You know, actually, you know, you pointed out, because you, you were talking, you were better at it. Yeah, so I was looking at it in this chapter, the devil takes two steps right now. This is his first of two steps that we saw. And um, it, first, he decides he's going to question God's authority. Because right here, he says in verse 1, And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Yeah. Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That right there is questioning God's authority. And questioning her memory and questioning what she believes. Yeah. And this is the way she comes back. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Yeah. And, um, no, three, verse three. But, the, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, God did not say you could not touch it. He said you cannot eat of it. But she adds stuff to it. And honestly, that was almost a fault on her, adding more to herself that she needed to. Yeah, I think that's some of the reason why, because maybe because she's a little nervous, the fact that the, the, the devil is talking to her, like, you know, a serpent's talking to her like that and questioning that authority. Yeah. I wonder if that got her thinking. And that's why she started to, like, yeah, try to justify why she can't do what she you know, why she can't do what God said. Exactly. And first force said, the serpent said to the woman, Yea, ye shall not surely die. And Luke was pointing out, like you said. Yeah, and right there, that's step two. That's yeah. step, it really is step two, and it's um, going against God's authority. Yeah. And obviously God is the final authority. And this is where the fall really begins to happen. In verse 5, Luke. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And she and he tempts her with the original temptation that honestly he was tempted with first. Because he wanted to be above God and he wanted to be God, but now he's not. Yeah. And so he tempts her with the same temptation, the temptation that uh, allowed Lucifer, the devil, his pride to build up, and he had the sin of pride and he fell because of it. And now He's tempting her, and as you see in verse 6, and it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and he did eat. And you see, they fell. They disobeyed God, because they wanted wisdom, they wanted to be as God, and they wanted power. And the temp they fell to that. Temptation, honestly, as men in the past, we look and we honestly, Adolf Hitler, Stalin wanted to be God, and they what awful things they did to become God. It's honestly just terrible to think about. But yeah, let's keep moving. Luke, what verse are we in? Seven. Seven. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So you know they're hiding their sin now. Because, you know, as they realize they are naked, they realize they are sinners, the shame comes upon them. Now they're trying to hide. And the Lord, and they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden. Um, 
cool the day. And Adam and his wife had them, uh, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord and Lord God among the trees of the garden. So now they know they've sinned. They're now trying to hide from a God you cannot hide from. Now, it's interesting as we go on, you know, we're going to talk about more and what God says, ask Adam and stuff like that. That God already knew this has happened. But it's amazing what God starts to do next. And I'll let you start reading. Um, nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now God knew where he was. Yeah. God never thought for a minute. God knew he's like he's hiding in the bushes. Um, but how often when we sin, that's the first thing we want to do is hide ourselves mm-hmm. from maybe the face of God or our friends. But when you're in the middle of a sin, you don't want people to be there looking at you. It's easier to sin alone. And that's why it's always important to have people around you. Because when you have good friends around you, first of all, you don't want to sin in front of them because you don't want to fall in front of them. And you also just, but also they'll be accountable for you. And they don't want to sin, they'll encourage you. Yeah, I think you pointed out earlier, too, that um, when they did this, the fact that God, when he wanted Adam to confess right yes. here, that's why he asked him, where art thou? Because he wants Adam to realize that now that they've done this, they, they had to sow fig leaves, cut themselves up. He wants Adam to notice that he did eat the fruit, he sinned. Yeah. And that's why he's asking this question. Yeah, he wants them to admit them admit to themselves, humble themselves, admit to their sin, and ask for forgiveness. And that, honestly, I mean, that's the story of salvation right there, is admitting to your sin and accept, you know, and going for salvation. Now, we're keep, we're going to keep reading, because we got, I mean, we're about to hit a big subject that we're going to pause on, so we're trying to read smoothly. So, where is, where verse mine 10, right? Yeah. And he said, I heard thy voice. In the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So now he has admitted his sin to God. He's like, this is why I was doing this. And what he says next, what God says next. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee and that, that thou shouldest not eat? Now, obviously he did, and God knew that. But again, God wants us to admit to our wrongs. He wants us to... Say, God, I sin, please forgive me. And this is just the way God always does things. I mean, God's always asked questions that he knows the answer to, amazingly. And, he, and then and the man said, The woman who thou givest to, me, who gavest to be with me, she gave me of the, of the tree, and I did eat. So he's like, See, God, the problem is, is that woman you gave me. She, she gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Now, don't know if you all know anything about giving people food. Normally when you give them food, there is no force that makes them eat it. Like you're not like shoving much. He gave them the fruit. He grabbed, took a bite of it on himself. And there, here is an important lesson, and the lesson will continue when we read 13. Actually, we'll read verse 13 before we get into it. Luke, you want to do that? And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So, this is a very important lesson. So if you're a father, you're a pastor, you're a leader, this is for women, both men and women, if you're in leadership at all, this is what you need to know. Authority, the top of the line, 
is always, is always responsible mm -hmm. to the person right above them. Because there's always one person, there's always a person above you. And the top is God. So husbands will give an account for their family at the end of their life. No matter what the world wants you to believe today, like women running the home. God said it was a husband. God's going to be looking at the husband at the end of this life saying, um, asking for their kids, asking about their wives. Why, they didn't they, why did they or why didn't they follow God? You know? And right here we see the, the way humans just work and our minds just work. We pass the blame on to others. Yeah. And it's really it's awful. And I've caught myself doing it. But it's so easy to be like, well, it's not my fault. It's their fault. And you see, you do the same thing. You say, well, it's not my fault. It's his fault. No, you got to take that blame. You got to take that responsibility. The way a man once, a wise man once told me, a very, a very wise leader, he said, Carter, this is how it works. Like when you are in charge, it's like you have all the responsibility and you get none of the glory unless you do it yourself. He said, when you have people under you and you tell them to go do something and they do it and they do it right, they did great. That's 100% awesome. You know, you're clapping for them. But say if they do it wrong, it's your fault because you should have watched them and made sure they were doing it right. And that's the way authority works. It, it falls on the person. And yes, the person who did it wrong will have some blame and will have some repercussions, but the authority must take charge in that situation mm -hmm. as much as they can too. And it's... I feel like today's society, we got up that all backwards. Authority just blames everyone else for not doing what they're supposed to do and then walks away. That's just awful. But we're going to continue because we got a curse to still talk about, and that's going to take a while. Verse 14. I'm going to read it. Verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and... The dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So that's why snakes crawl on their belly, because they're serpents. And so that means they used to have legs, actually. Yes, that's true. And that is a weird thing to think about. The snake with legs. Don't try to think about it too long. <laughs> really don't. But sin has consequence. And honestly, this is such a good lesson for you kiddos out there, if you're listening. No matter when you disobey mom and dad or disobey God, it always will have a consequence. Yeah. Everybody in this ends up with a consequence. But you'll see, again, for men in authority, who the biggest consequence falls onto and who the blame is always. Because I, when people say the fall of man, who was the person that brought the fall into the world when you ask that? Who would you say? I would say Adam. Exactly. Man. But who was the first person to eat the fruit? Eve. And who was the person to deceive her into eating the fruit? It's Satan. Exactly. Now you can say, well, Satan brought the fall of man. No, 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 it was Adam. The Bible says it was Adam because he was in charge. He was the head of that situation, and he led slide. So it's just good to remember that. Though, yes, everybody got their punishment because that's how it works. Everyone will get punished. The fact is the final blame will always land on the authority. Uh, Luke, you can yeah. um, let's see. Verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise its heel. And that right there is talking about the chorus, the amazing, the amazing, the amazing, the amazing sacrifice of Jesus Christ himself. When he defeated Satan and death on the cross on the, day, the third day he rose, and he stepped on the heel of a serpent. 
It may have bruised his heel, but he crushed his head. You know, it's amazing. I learned, especially with poisonous serpents, you know, if you sometimes, if you can step on their head, and you can shoot their venom back into them and kill them. A man was telling me about that one time. He sh- and they, ta- they showed it how it all worked. It was kind of cool and kind of neat, but think about it. And that's how it worked. The venom of the devil is sin. Hmm. When God stepped on his head, he used his, his sin went back into, like, all the repercussions came right back onto the devil and was crushed and defeated for it. And I know one day it will all happen again when Jesus Christ returns and takes us out of here and he defeats the Antichrist, he defeats the, uh, the devil at, on the end times. But we're not going to get into that. So uh, verse 16, right? Mm-hmm. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not, so, thy sorrow. And thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall have the he shall rule over thee. And the reason is because the woman, the woman was deceived, and now she's trapped underneath the man, and she must submit herself to the man. Unlike today's society wants you to believe, and that's all. Again, we're not getting into politics. Stay focused, Carter. Stay focused. <laughs> but now she is cursed. She's cursed to have pain in child labor, have sorrow in child child labor. And she's now to be put under the man. But then it continues on, verse but 17. Also, when it says sorrow, it does not mean like, oh man, I have to give birth now kind of thing. Like, oh, no. I'm giving birth. Like, that's just, just terrible. It's just sad. I'm just, you know? Yeah. It's a sorrow as in like pain and bringing, you know. Yeah, that's important because like people are like, oh, sorrow. How can you have sorrow in childbirth? You, there's not. I know, I know a couple pregnant. We have a couple pregnant ladies in our church. And they're happy yeah. for their children. They're just not happy. Right, they have to go for the process. The <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's what it means by sorrow. Because it is sad to see someone in pain like that, but it is not sad to bring new life into the world. Because I do believe that life begins at conception. Because biology teaches that, God teaches that, and if you don't believe that, well, I'll be frank with you. <laughs> Anyways, Luke, keep reading. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. And has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of eat of it all the days of life, thy life. And honestly, if you think about it, some of, like how good would the food been in the garden? Yeah, I've been mean, good and awesome. And like, what do you have to do? You didn't have to do anything. You just go around picking it, make sure it's all good and stuff. And you didn't really have to work. But now, I mean, think of the, like the intense labor you have to go to plant food, to earn money, to buy food, stuff like that. It's, it's painful. Yeah. And it's hard. And there it is again, right here, you know, we were talking about sorrow. And it says, in sorrow shall I eat of, it, eat of it all the days of our life. Talking about, again, with pain, because it's good. We have, to, we have to till the ground, all that kind of stuff. That's why weeds are now. Weeds yeah. come up now out of the ground. In the garden, there wasn't no weeds. In verse 18, I'm going to add to that and you can keep going, but like Luke's saying, oh, in yeah. verse 18, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt. Eat the herb of the field. Yeah, like right there, saying thorns and thistles, right? And I, I believe that's what the sorrow is in here. And yeah. um, I, th- I know I looked it at one point, but I won't look at it now. But yeah, about the sorrow and all that kind of stuff. And like, it also says, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. He didn't have to listen to yeah. the fruit, though. That's and true. That's, that's the only reason why. Adam got blamed first because he didn't have to listen to Eve. He didn't have to eat the fruit. He could have said, no, no let's, you got to follow God on this. Yeah, exactly. And, but he hearkened and he, he obeyed 
the voice of his wife over the voice of God. And now this, and again, being an authority, now this wolf is cursed. If he did not, I believe God would probably just either replace Eve or something. I don't know exactly how that would happen, but yeah. we will never know because it didn't happen. Hmm. Um, so now in verse 19. Yeah, just keep going. In the, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto, unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And that was a promise of the physical death. Now, before that, no one would have physically died. But as Adam was made from the dust, and when people die, you know what happens? You can, you watch decomposing bodies, you go back there, it's all filled with dust. You know why? Because from the dust we came, and from the dust we shall return. That's that. You came from dust, we'll turn to dust. And now, that is a, that was the ultimate curse. God, the devil said, we won't die. Now, we died spiritually. That day, we died spiritually, and we're bound for eternal hell. And by the promise of a death, like a physical death, soon to come. A death that we would never have to, neither death that we would ever have to experience, but now we do. Because of the disobedience of Adam. And that's really the disobedience of Adam. Verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And, you know, right there is the most beautiful picture of Christ. We try to clothe ourselves in the leaves. We try to clothe ourselves in, in, sin. in sin. But something had to die. Now, I believe it was a lamb just because, you know, lambs are sacrificed in the future. But we don't know. We just know it was skins of something. But something had to die. Some blood payment had to be made. And now you see that something had to die to cover our sins. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus had to die. That lamb had to die. And that lamb was representing Jesus Christ. And also, interesting, this is a weird, interesting fact. It does not really like mean much spiritually, but Eve was not named Eve until this point, after the fall. Think about it. That's, hmm. You look at it, I mean, you're, yeah. and it's true, because the entire time it just says the woman and wife. That is true. And if he named him after the fall, that's kind of cool. It's just weird to think about. Um, hmm. Man sent from the garden. This is, now, this is the last bit of the portion. This is when we got kicked out of the garden because we were no longer, you know, allowed to be in the presence of the Almighty God. And the Lord said, God, um, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now let, unless he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So basically now, he could, if he went and eat the tree of life too, he would live on forever. He would be physically God in that well, way, I think. Yeah, he would live eternal. He would have eternal life. physical life. Yeah, and so he would be like God on earth almost in a way. Yeah, as much as he can Because God be. just said he's now, he's now one he, of us. He can see good and evil now. Yeah. Now, that's not saying we have the power of God. That's not saying any of that. But it's saying is basically but now he can see good and evil. And imagine a man with the wisdom that can see good and evil and also who will go out and... Um, like live forever and he could just I mean if you live forever you live forever mm -hmm. anyways we're gonna continue. yeah um, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was take he was taken so he, he literally was tilling the same thing he is made out of and the final verses so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden uh, cherubims and flaming swords which turned every way to keep 
the Lord, uh, keep the way of the tree of life. So basically, they, they put out angels with flaming swords to keep people away from the tree of life. And that is the fall of man. A fall, a story of utter disobedience, utter disregard to what God had said. But how often do we do that today? We were like, oh, we'd never do that back in, like, because I've heard people like, if I was back in the garden, I'd never do that. Actually, if you do it all the time now, what would be any different back then? Yeah. And you got to think about it like that. Well, that was good. I enjoyed it. I did a lot. I'm glad we were able to speak a little clearer. Thank God for that. Um, again, stay tuned. Uh, starting on every Tuesday, we're going to be post, um, doing podcasts on books. The first book, like I said, is Victory by Jim Shetler. Seven, a seven-step strategy for resisting temptation and overcoming sin. So those who want victory in their life, join up with us. We'll be going through the first chapter next week. It's good to have this podcast with you um, and Luke here. It's always good to have Luke here. I'm glad you guys joined us, and I'm going to pray us out, and thank you for coming. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for blessing us today. Thank you for allowing us to talk about the fall of man. Lord, help the next time we talk about the Bible story, Lord, that we get more out of you, more out of it. We thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See you later.